This is the Public Speaker, quick and dirty tips for improving your communication skills with your host, Lisa B. Marshall. Today, I want to talk about a controversial topic, and that is interruptions and gender bias when it comes to communication. This is a topic that comes up regularly when I present, and particularly when I present to all women's groups, the question inevitably comes up, how do I handle someone who interrupts me? Specifically, how do I handle men who interrupt me? And then recently, I thought it was interesting, I got an email from a man who said his boss, who was a woman, interrupts him. And so I wanted to dig deep into this interruptions issue and discuss what is the truth about women, men, and interruptions. But first, there's no doubt about it, influence trumps formal power. Strong persuasion and influence skills are critical to success, both professionally and personally. You need the ability to sway the undecided, to convert opponents. You need the ability to authentically bring others to your way of thinking without any force or coercion. Strong influence and persuasion skills are how you advance and achieve your goals. And that's why I created Influence Maximize Your Impact, a video course that explains evidence-based research and provides practical strategies to gain commitment and foster collaboration both at work and at home. For public speaker listeners, you can get it at the special introductory price. Go to lisabmarshall.com forward slash influence. That's lisabmarshall.com forward slash influence. You may remember I recently did two episodes on interruptions. The first one was why do people interrupt? And I explained the many causes of interruption, mostly because sometimes just understanding why people interrupt will fix the problem. Then in the second episode, I discuss how to stop someone who constantly interrupts, and I included both gentle and not-so-gentle techniques. But this series wouldn't be complete without addressing what actually inspired all three of the episodes. It was an email from a listener whose boss, as I mentioned at the beginning, was a woman who interrupted him quite frequently. And when I read it, when I read the email, I had to ask myself, does she really interrupt him more than a male manager would? Or does it just seem that way to him? Either way could be the case, because unfortunately, a gender-related issue exists. If you look at the academic research, you look at my own work with executives, and the many, many real-life examples that you can find on YouTube or in the news and media, men interrupt more in business meetings than women do. And in fact, they interrupt women far more than they interrupt men. There's a very interesting, and I'll admit non-rigorous, investigation by linguist Kieran Snyder, and she found several things. First, people interrupt a lot. Second, in her study, men were almost three times as likely to interrupt a woman as they are to interrupt other men. Women interrupt each other constantly, but almost never interrupt men. Now, there are many, many rigorous academic studies that show similar results, and there's even a humorous but unsettling and somewhat controversial YouTube video called Manterruptions showing many public examples of this. And by the way, in the show notes, I have a link to the research as well as to the YouTube video. I noticed that this bias played out in the September presidential primary debate. It was when Chris Christie stopped Carly Fiorina, the only woman on stage, from interrupting him. In a way, Chris Christie was alluding to this bias when he characterized Fiorina in a later interview as being rude. 
Although he said he wouldn't treat her any differently on a debate stage just because she was a woman, the fact is everyone interrupts on a debate stage. It's part of the process. And he didn't call the male candidates rude when they interrupted. And in an almost perfect example of irony, Google executive chairman Eric Schmidt was caught interrupting while on a Silicon Valley panel on gender and diversity. And he wasn't doing it with just anyone. He was doing it to the only woman on the panel, who just happened to be the U.S. chief technology officer, Megan Smith. He was called out on this by Google's global diversity manager, who pointed it out in front of an audience. And she said, given that unconscious bias research tells us that women are interrupted a lot more than men, I'm wondering if you're aware that you have interrupted Megan many more times. Oof, that could not have felt good. Unfortunately, studies seem to indicate that, at least in the current climate, the only way for women to really move up in the corporate world is to interrupt back. The old saying, if you can't beat them, join them. In the Slate article that describes Snyder's investigation, she says, and I quote, The results suggest that women don't advance in their careers beyond a certain point without learning to interrupt. And by the way, her study was in a male-dominated tech setting. So at least, I'll add, at least in a male-dominated tech setting. And in fact, the investigation by Snyder showed that the only woman who ever interrupted men happened to be high-ranking in the company. And by the way, I'm sure that during her long career in technology, Ms. Fiorina, the former CEO of Hewlett-Packard, had plenty of practice and possibly even coaching, interrupting others and allowing her opinions to be known in a male-dominated industry. And maybe my listener's boss did too, but that forcefulness comes at a price. Over time, most powerful executive women learn that by speaking up more often, They'll be penalized. They'll be penalized in perceptions of both competence and likability. Successful female leaders learn, unfortunately, to carefully choose when to speak up because they learn that speaking up too often leads to being disliked. Women who assert themselves are often labeled as bossy or worse. And if you look at the research, it supports that women are actually penalized more for interrupting. Again, in my experience, and The research shows that when a woman speaks up in a meeting, she's either judged as too aggressive or she's barely heard. Men have much more leeway for this agentic behavior. And this extends beyond just interrupting. Actress Jennifer Lawrence made a lot of press last year when, after the Sony hack, she discovered that she was making way less money than her male counterparts. But what was interesting is that the discovery made her realize that she was being treated differently in other ways, too. Here's a direct quote from her article in the online newsletter, Lenny. Quote, A few weeks ago at work, I spoke my mind and gave my opinion in a clear and noble way. No aggression, just blunt. The man I was working with, actually he was working for me, said, Whoa, we're all on the same page here. As if I was yelling at him. I was so shocked because nothing that I said was personal, offensive, or to be honest, wrong. All I hear and see all day are men speaking their opinions, and I give mine in the exact manner, and you would have thought I had said something offensive. Obviously, all of this talk about male and female communication is just generalization. But for many women, this is their reality. 
I can tell you the question of how to handle men who interrupt comes up every time I speak to a group of highly competent women professionals. There is a subconscious expectation about how women should behave. And it's not just a description of appropriate behavior for women. It's a societal prescription. When women deviate from that expectation, they're penalized. So what's the solution? Should women be expected to act like men or men like women? Is it productive to call men sexist or assume men are doing things purposely to put women down? I don't think these are successful approaches. I think the best approach is to handle it the way we handle cultural differences with education. That's why I'm doing this podcast. I often suggest that women create a trusted colleague group, and that includes both men and women, to be sure they're heard. I suggest each member of the group make an explicit agreement that when an important interruption occurs to any member of the group, another member will call attention to the interruption. It might sound something like this. George, I'd like to hear your thoughts, but I don't think Sally was finished. Sally? Or Mark, I appreciate your enthusiasm, but I'd like to hear the rest of Sally's idea first. From a broader perspective, it's important for professionals who work with diverse cultures to take the time to learn how that culture communicates best. For instance, people who work with Japanese companies learn that in Japanese culture, to say no directly is considered rude. That same awareness could be used in business for different linguistic styles often found in men and women. Deborah Tannen, she's a linguist at Georgetown University and author of You Just Don't Understand Women and Men in Conversation, explains that women tend to see conversation as an opportunity to make a connection, while men see it more of an opportunity to share information or determine status. Our communication patterns are developed in childhood, when girls tend to play in small groups with lots of chatter, while boys tend to focus on physical activities, where one or a few boys are the leader and tell everyone what to do. I'm sure you remember this pattern from your elementary school days. So the answer could be just as simple as education. By the way, I recently interviewed Kristen Presner on my Smart Talk podcast. Kristen is a VP working in human resources at Roche Diagnostics, and that's a company with over 90,000 employees. And I asked her about this problem, and she found that simply drawing attention to it, of course, in a good-natured or humorous manner, usually solves the problem for her. So maybe that's where we need to start. Let's keep making people aware of the situation without pointing fingers or calling names. If we can learn to understand people of different cultures, we can certainly learn to understand how to communicate effectively with the opposite sex. This is Lisa B. Marshall, helping you to lead and influence. As always, your success is my business. If you'd like to develop influence strategies to gain commitment and foster collaboration, I encourage you to register for my new video course, Influence, Maximize Your Impact. Register now to get the introductory price by visiting lisabmarshall.com forward slash influence. That's lisabmarshall.com forward slash influence. Finally, if you're just finding my show through Stitcher, I'm glad you're here. You can listen to my full archive at quickanddirtytips.com forward slash public dash speaker. That's quickanddirtytips.com forward slash public dash speaker. Hi, I'm Johanna Rocco from Newfoundland, Canada. If you'd like to be a more compelling communicator, 
I invite you to read Lisa's best-selling books, Smart Talk and Ace Your Interview. I read Smart Talk in preparation for attending my very first convention. One lesson I learned and used frequently was how to correctly shake hands. That skill was essential in helping me relax and feel confident when meeting people at the convention. I also want to encourage you to become a Lisa B. VIP, like me, by visiting lisabmarshall.com slash VIP. That's lisabmarshall.com slash VIP. Finally, you can learn more about Lisa's keynotes and workshops at lisabmarshall.com or if you have a question for Lisa, send it to publicspeaker at quickanddirtytips.com.